You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. This morning, we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about being fortified for change. I've had two dreams. I've seen a movie that's a God movie that is not really made for God, but it has a God message in it. So I've got a lot to share with you today. But uh, the word fortified, and I'm just going to read the uh, Webster definition. It says, it's made stronger, more secure. It also means improved or enhanced through the addition of one and one or more ingredients. So think about this. You know, as born again believers, we are improved and enhanced by a different ingredients, which is the Holy Spirit, right? And with the Holy Spirit comes all these things with it, the oneness of God, the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. I mean, it's just a plethora of things that we have. And I want to read a little bit out of Ephesians, and then I'm going to tell you about a movie that I saw. Ephesians 1. I mean, I think if we had to list all the things the Holy Spirit gives to us, I think we would spend days and days and weeks and weeks because every time we come to the list, there would be another thing that, oh, yeah, how about this? How about that? It it just really is amazing, isn't it? As uh, Caitlin was saying, that that yes to Jesus just brought just brought the boys a whole new plethora of ingredients to work out of, right? So Ephesians 1, we're going to start in verse 3. It says, Grace and peace from from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age. It's nice to be delivered, isn't it? According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are turning away so soon. Women. Oh, I'm in Galatians. Yeah. Okay. I'm like that. I'm like, I don't remember this part, but (laughs) it's all good. We're going to read Galatians and we'll read Ephesians and we'll read Philippians and then Colossians. We might be here for a while. I'm like, that does not sound like what I just, (laughs) it's a good day today. Okay, we're going to start again. We're going to do Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3. But the other part of Galatians 1, 3 was really good too, right? Okay, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. So think about this. Here's part of our being fortified. We are fortified with every spiritual blessing. Every Not just one or two, or you get number three and you get number six blessing. Every spiritual blessing. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy. So not only are we blessed with every spiritual blessing, we get to be holy on top of it. We get to be. We don't have to be. It's an invitation to be holy. 
and without blame before him in love. And we get to be in love, in love with Jesus, in love with our neighbors, in love with ourselves. I got a lot more laughter out of the neighbor part, right? But God is working on that. We know he is having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself. So we're adopted in fully part of the family according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. That is beautiful, isn't it? Let's look at verse 13. So in him, you've also trusted after you've heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation in whom also having believed because we believed we were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. And then verse 17. The, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So we have all that. I just spoke on the fear of the Lord last week where we talked about the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We talked about the spirit of might, the spirit of counsel. I think that was last week. Um, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceedingly exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him in the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also that which is to come. So not only do we have everything we need given to us, we're able to grow into that at an expansive level that fortifies us against the principalities, the powers that have set themselves up against the people of God who are called into his kingdom. Hallelujah. I mean, just we just think about, we could just say amen and quit. Because really, when we think about this, we have been given that added ingredient the Holy Spirit to enable us to do everything we need to do while we're on this earth. Everything. Good. I have, I have one agreement. I know I have all agreement, but sometimes you just need a little bit more than that. Uh, so I watched, we watched a movie yesterday. It's called Air. And it's the story of Michael Jordan and Nike. Now, I will tell you, it is a great movie. It has a little... Tough language at the beginning of it. Did you see it? You're like, yeah, just a little tough language at the beginning of it. I don't know why we can't just use normal language. You know, wh why do we have to, uh, why do we think that that adds to, but actually it takes away. But anyhow, that's a, that's a story for those people who aren't saved. Uh, so Chuck and I watched this. It's the story of Nike and Michael Jordan. And it's interesting because, you know, our son played basketball. He started playing basketball when he was three or four. We sat on 
hard benches for, you know, 14 plus years watching him play basketball in high school and college and all of that. So we really have a little bit of passion about basketball. So if you don't have a passion about basketball, you're just going to have to take some of ours. But because uh, we just loved it. We just and when he got through doing all of his years of basketball, we'd fly to Boston a couple times a year and watch him play. Then we were like, we felt like we need to go to the high school and watch the basketball team. We were it was so inbred in us. We were like, what are we going to do at night? We spent our life on a basketball court. So we watched him and this movie came out and it was really just such a good movie. And I was telling Karen this morning, it wasn't a Jesus movie, but it had a Jesus thought behind it. And uh, the thing, there were a couple of keys to the movie. And the first key was, you know, at the time, Nike was hardly anything. At the time, Michael Jordan signed on. Nike only had 17% share of the basketball market. The big shoe place was Adidas. And uh, I don't remember any of that, but apparently those were the stats. I looked them up to make sure. But anyhow, they were very small in the basketball place. And Michael Jordan was a skinny uh, college graduate that was about to go in the Bulls. And he just got recruited. And everybody wanted him. Adidas wanted him because they carried all the top players and they, he's just one, month, one more in their rung. But Nike wanted him because they could see it wasn't about checking him off as a top player. It was about helping him become who they knew he was, which was a brilliant player that was going to go far. They saw that in him. And decided their strategy was about him, not about them. And they created a mock-up called the Air Jordan. And the Air Jordan, of course, is recognizable around the world. Everybody knows who Air Jordan is. But there were two keys that came out of it, which I felt was so kind of prevalent to what I'm going to talk about today. First of all, the shoe was made to fit Michael Jordan not Michael Jordan to fit the shoe. So it was customized for what he carried. God customized us for what we carry. One of the main key, one of the main kind of sound bites in the, in the uh, uh, movie was a shoe is just a shoe until someone steps in it. And they made the shoe to fit him. And they also broke all the NBA rules for the shoe. The shoe was supposed to be 51% white. Well, they decided that they would make it more red instead of more white so that he would be a standout when he wore the shoe. And of course, that's, you know, they want to make money too. Let's not, let's not be naive in that. But, but they, their whole focus was how do we make a shoe for him that displays how great he's going to be? How do we, you know, a destiny spoken over us are just words until we step into our destiny. And this was all about Michael Jordan's destiny. The other thing was his mother negotiated all his contracts. And his mother decided that he would be the first player that would receive 
a percentage of sales for every shoe that was sold around the world. That was like a deal breaker because she was tired of seeing the companies get richer and the players staying at the level they were at. And of course, we look at Michael Jordan now and we're like, oh, well, but back then, you know, they were from North Carolina. They, you know, they, it's not like they had any money or anything like that. They were just a normal middle class family. And uh, she decided it was time to change the game. And Nike was the only one who would agree to it. Adidas would match, his sign, match the sign-on bonus, but Nike gave him that. In the first year, I think Nike sold $162 million in shoes. Michael Jordan still lives off that percentage. He still gets it on a regular basis. It's uh, inactive work. You know, he just gets the money. So there's a point to all this, believe it or not. <laughs> believe it or not. Because I feel like uh, one of the things that we're kind of wrestling with, and we're going to turn to Acts 16 for a minute. One of the things that we're kind of wrestling with in this culture, in our season, in our day and time, whatever you want to call it, is understanding that we are the ones who are called to rewrite the terms of agreement in our culture. We're the ones who are called to think beyond the normal strategy. She thought beyond the normal strategy to make sure that whatever is done is done in the favor of the kingdom. Whatever is done is done in the favor of the kingdom. And it takes courage. And it takes a willingness to partner with the strategy of heaven that already has been given. We've been given access to the strategy of heaven. We may not have every strategy from here till the end of the time, but we have the strategy right now. We have access to it right now because of the added ingredient we've been given. So we have to understand that what is going on around us does not define us. It doesn't even set a limit for us because the strategy of heaven circumvents whatever the culture strategy has been set. We have the power. We have the ability. We have the intellect. We have the partnership, the wisdom and understanding. We have the Holy Spirit that has the answers to everything that dwells inside of us. We have it all in order to change what's going on. We can change the economics. I need more on that. I need some more on that. I had two economic dreams this week. I'll go ahead and share them since that's where we are. I had two dreams. One of them was about um, a move, uh, someone taking a position that their bosses stepped out. It didn't say why. He just wasn't there. And they were in charge of paying all the paychecks, writing all the paychecks. 
And when I saw their paycheck, it was like not even, I mean, a hundred times what their normal paycheck would be. It was, it was such a large amount. I was, I said, can I see the backup for it? Let me see the detail. Cause I want to see all the detail. And then they forgot to sound that, sign that check. And I was like, you need to go ahead and sign that check. We gotta get that cashed in the <laughs> bank right now. But what it was, was there was a shifting of authority that was releasing financial provision that was abundantly more than they had received before. And it wasn't even abundantly more. It was like ginormously more. It, it was a word much bigger than that. So that was the first one about a different authority being positioned that was by surprise. It wasn't planned. It wasn't a one person was leaving so the other person could come in. It was a suddenly. That was the first one. Different authority releasing Ginormous amounts of money. Does anybody want that? Okay. The second one was, uh, there was a, a room full of brilliant people. Say, I'm a brilliant person. You know, sometimes we don't think of ourselves as brilliant, but because of the Holy Spirit living in us, we have a brilliance that is beyond what the world would classify as brilliant. We have a heavenly brilliance that brings resolution or solution or whatever it is into a situation that is not even available to anyone in the room with us. So it was, uh, we were in a room, they were all brilliant people. I uh, had a prophetic word about success being released over everyone in the room. And one person uh, received a deal to be able to create what she was gifted in that would create financial increase for her. It was just a sudden deal, suddenly a deal. And then there were two activators in the room that were helping people activate in what God had called them to make sure that they were in the right position, that they had everything that they needed, that they had the strategy. And there was a lot of creative release over people. And then as we all sat at the table, there were stacks of coins in front of everyone who came to the table, stacks of coins. So it had a whole lot to, there's a lot more to it. I'm just going to give you the, the cliff notes, but what I felt like from both of those dreams is that we have to be positioned to shift quickly. We have to be ready to take the authority, but we also have to be activated in this bigger um, extension that God has for us. And as we come to the table as they all sat at the table, as we come to the table and the brilliance that each one of we, each one of us carry, there is a, a stack of, of finances of coins for each one of us. So I know it sounds like a lot, but just kind of let that mull over you because I, I believe that I know this is true. I know this is true. I'm not going to say I believe it. I know it's true. The Lord has been shifting economic lines in our favor. The Lord has been increasing areas for us. And I know that he's going to give us a greater expansion in the thing, the destiny we're called to 
in the greatness that we're called to. And we are all called to greatness. We all, in that metaphor of Michael Jordan, as soon as we step in, there is an activation of destiny for us. And you may say, well, you know, I've already done this for the last 40 years. It doesn't matter how long you've done it or how long you haven't done it. If you're just starting, it's all about what is the timing of God right now. And he's positioning you in your own Air Jordans that have your own signature sound on them so that you're able to do this expansion that he has for you. So we're going to all agree with that because when God is releasing prophetic impartations, it's going to take a receiving the impartation and then activating what he releases because you can receive all day long. But if you don't activate, you can buy new shoes, but if they sit in your closet all day long for weeks and weeks and weeks, then they're never activated on your feet. You never get to show them off. Right? And God wants to show you off. Okay. So I want to, I'm just going to talk about a few people in scripture. We're going to move past Michael Jordan. Uh, I think it said to, to date, what did it say, uh, Suzanne? Like four, 4 billion or 40 billion shoes have been sold. And he has gotten a percentage of every shoe that says Air Jordan on it. So think about that. When you think about that, it went from a revelation by his mom to an activation out of her mouth. She was willing to risk everything to get that for him. To a, I don't know how long it's been since he's been in the NBA. It's 1984, I think. To somebody do the math, 20, 40, 40, 40 years, almost uh, almost, yeah, almost 40 years. So for 40 years, he's got a percentage of like $4 billion plus dollars. So think about, think about you. Think about what God is doing for you and what he wants to do in this time and season, because our season's never up till we go to heaven. Our season, we are people that are not going to sit on our couch all day long and do nothing. We are a people who will always be activated in something because our season is never up until we go to heaven. God always has something else for us to do until we leave. Until we're in permanent occupation with him, right? So let's see, what am I going to talk about first? I want to talk about Lydia for a minute. Acts 16. Now there was a certain, verse 13, it says, Now there's a certain woman named Lydia who heard of them. And she was a seller of purple. So she was a business person. She was, she was a seller of fabric. And she worshiped God. Acts 16. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 16. 16. And I am in verse uh, 14. One more. 
One more. There we go. And it says the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. So she worshiped the Lord and she was about to encounter Jesus. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. So here's a woman who just is going about her business. She is just worshiping. She's doing her purple. She's, you know, doing what she does. And she encounters an opportunity. And the Lord has opened up her heart to be baptized and to receive Jesus. But my point of this talking about her is, is there are opportunities being presented to you that are out of what you normally do. And we've got to be prepared to step out of our norm into an opportunity so that the Lord can open up that next thing that he has for you. And, you know, sometimes I didn't give you the scripture. I just want to mention it for a minute. Sometimes when you step into a different opportunity, it's not a permanent opportunity. It's a, it's, it's a temporary assignment. When Deborah, she was a judge in Israel, she, everybody came in. They told her her problems. She helped them sort them out. She judged what was going on. She gave her the ruling. But then when it was time to go to war, Jabin said, I'm not going without you. So she left her job ship for a minute. She goes to war, but she doesn't become a permanent part of the army. It was a temporary assignment. And then she comes back to what she's doing. So sometimes we're invited to step into a temporary assignment that isn't going to change our trajectory. It's just going to change whatever needs to be changed for that moment. Amen. And we still keep what we have. And, you know, I, one thing I forgot to say about that dream, one of part of the dream was um, the first dream that I told you about, you know, the getting the extraordinary amount of money was someone said to them, oh, I would like that. And everybody would like that. But uh, the response to them was, I've been working diligently until the suddenly came. And there's power in diligence. There's power in being faithful to what we're called to do, even though it may not be fireworks and drum rolls. And it's just the day to day. But in that faithfulness, it makes room for the suddenly of God to bless us. Where shall we go now? We're going to go to Genesis 41. I would love to say that this was all sewn up and figured out before we got here. But uh, sometimes God just gives me uh, bites. And he's like, we'll figure it out as we go. Because he is good. You know, this week, the one thing I've been finding myself as I wake up in the morning, kind of going through a list of thanksgiving to him. And it's, it's a different list. I'm like, like, thank you for the heavens, Lord. And thank you that we are 
able to go before the throne. And thank you, Lord, that we are able to encounter you in a real, live, tangible way. And thank you, Lord, that you give us answers to questions that we have in ways that will solve the riddle that's in us. And just, you know, there's just all this wonder that is uh, happening in my mind these days. So Genesis 41, and we're going to start in verse 33. So we know the story of Joseph. Um, you know, he had a destiny that he was given when he was a teenager. And of course, he had to go through a lot before his destiny started coming together. And every time he thought he had a hand up, then someone would try to take him out again. Has anyone ever felt like that? Every time you feel like you get a head up, then there's a, an attack against you. And it's interesting because in all of this, it doesn't, you don't see much about uh, Joseph's mood or how he felt or uh, his disappointment. You just see his faithfulness. I always found that interesting. Okay, verse 33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land. So Pharaoh's had the dreams, seven years of uh, abundance, seven years of famine. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years and let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh and let them keep food in the cities. Then that that food shall be as a reserve for the land for seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. Verse 37. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of his servant. And the Pharaoh said to his servant, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? Everybody raised their hand. <laughs> Can we find anyone that has the spirit of God in them? I don't see all the hands raised. I'm serious, guys. We have got to own what we carry. You know, we are looking around at all this craziness going on. We're like, what do we do? God's like, what do you do? Tell me about it. Bring it. Come on. You know, we cannot whine over the culture. We declare we tear it down. Everything that sets itself up against God, we tear down. Every structure that sets itself, well, I don't have enough authority. Well, you better get some because you carry it. You might, you might need to do some muscle building. You might need to read the word a little. I'm telling you guys, as the body of Christ, we got to own our position. We have got to own it. Joseph owned his position and he didn't run up and say, oh, I want to be in charge of everything. He's like, oh, they can't figure it out. God, you got some. Got it. OK, well, this is the answer. They're like, wow, wow. We don't we don't need to have. We don't need to have the position to release the response. You know, sometimes we think I need a promotion before I can do something. You get a promotion because you did something. And I, I, we got to shake loose this thought that the enemy is winning. 
We got to start stepping into, we carry the authority to destroy the works of the enemy. So let's read a little bit more on this. So can we find anyone, anyone that has the spirit of God, anyone? I just read that we do have it. Not only do we have it, we have a lot of other stuff too. So if I read it, I think it's true. Okay. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You know, people look at you a lot different than you see yourself. People can see that you've got something. They just need to know how to get it out of you. When we're like, oh, little old me. No, not little old you. Powerful, warrior, spirit caring, seated in heavenly places, hidden in Christ. I mean, uh, bold before the throne. When, when the father sees Jesus, he sees us in him. You shall be over my house for all my people shall be ruled, ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you over the land of Egypt. What has God set you over? What has God set you over to tear down, to destroy, to breathe in, to bring the solutions of heaven? What has God set you over? He set you over your household. He set you over your family. Well, my family doesn't believe. Well, they are before they die. I have decided that. Yeah. Me and God talk about that all the time. See that one? Ain't nobody going to hell in my family. You know, I, I'm the spiritual authority over my family that doesn't believe. I war for my family that doesn't believe. And they are not going to go to hell. I've already had that discussion with God. I see him flipping, flipping like fish. <laughs> Only got a couple more left, you know. But I believe that. I believe that I have the authority over my family, over my line, whether it's my sister, my brother, my nieces, my nephew, it doesn't matter. They're in our family, which means they're in our house, which means that I declare the word over them all the time. And they may live a life that doesn't look like God, but that life will flip as soon as they do. And I believe that we have the authority and the power to contend and see Isaiah 59, 21 come alive in our family and for generations to come. So where's your authority? How many work? Okay. How many own a business? Okay. So it is different when you own a business versus working for someone. Joseph worked for Pharaoh. He worked for a pagan, unbelieving, vicious king. Can you get favor there? Do you get favor there by being the solution maker for them? Favor comes when you're willing to look beyond who they are into who God wants them to be. 
You're the one that brings in the change. We are the one who brings in the change. You're the one who, when your new neighbor has just moved in, <laughs> that's really loud and loves to play music at night and swim in the backyard and party, <laughs> that you sit in your bed and go, Jesus, I just love them so much. <laughs> Jesus, just get them, Jesus. Because if you don't, I will. No, I mean, but you know, really, when you think about it, it does take a shifting in our direction in order for them to get the overflow of what we carry. And it is, it is a challenge sometimes. How many have challenging people around them? Whether it's bosses or neighbors or family, you know, it's just, it's part of it. It's just part of life. But God says we can face every challenge with the Holy Spirit giving a solution to the challenge. Giving a solution to the challenge. So Joseph, he just, he just got the, the whole thing. Verse 42, then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand and clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. Well, I'm going to tell you what, we've been, re, we've been redressed. We've gotten the signet ring of God and we may not have a gold chain. Well, I, I did wear mine today. We may not, we, but you know, think about it. We have been raised as a new man, as a new creation. We have been reclothed with holiness and righteousness. We have a whole new outfit on. And we have the authority to shift whatever needs to be shift. And it doesn't mean it's easy and it doesn't mean it's instant. Sometimes we give up because it's hard, but we got to learn to do hard things. We got to learn to love that boss into the kingdom. I know a couple people, there's been two people in here that both have started prayer meetings in their office. They just got favor to be able to start prayer meetings before work. I mean, what's a prayer meeting? It's bringing in the presence of God. We're lacing it on the office before everyone gets there. So when they get there, the peace is there. The prosperity is there. The success for that office is there. The change is there. I know you guys probably remember us talking about that, high, that middle school. Two people prayed on a Monday for 15 minutes before the school opened. It went from being the worst middle school with 26 police attended incidents in a school year to the best middle school that went down to, I think, two police visited incidents where the, princip the principal said she could actually wear a dress again so she wasn't breaking up fights, where the worst offender in the middle school became the cheerleader for the whole school. He became the one to make sure people were there and why they weren't there and why they weren't coming to school. He, he became the, the, the light of the life at that school because two people prayed for 15 minutes on a Monday. That's it. That's all they did. They didn't lay hands on anybody. They didn't holy oil anybody. They didn't, nobody fell in the spirit. They weren't allowed to talk to anybody. They just prayed on the grounds. The power we have within us is going to transform this dark culture around us. 
And we can look at all the bad reports and be discouraged, or we can look at all the bad reports and say, which one's mine? Which one's mine? Which one's mine? Because, Lord, I want to step into this level of authority where I am the change maker, I am the game changer, that I am walking in the destiny for this season, like Joseph, like Daniel. One of my favorite scriptures is out of Daniel 5, where they sought him out because, we'll turn to that real quick. I think it's Daniel 5, 17. I've declared that over myself a thousand times, and I have seen the manifestation of it. It's... Um, no, what's that Daniel 5 scripture I gave you? 17, okay. Oh, 512, I'm sorry. Thank you. That when there was a handwriting of God on the wall, that this is what was said. Verse 12, and as much as an excellent spirit, knowledge, understanding, interpreting dreams, solving riddles, and explaining enigmas were found in this Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will give the interpretation. That's what I want. When there are unresolved, unable to explain enigmas, when there are riddles, when there are things going on in this world that people can't figure out, I want them to say, have you ever talked to Cindy Stewart? Because she has an answer. I know she'll have an answer for you. Have you ever talked to Sharon Plant? She's got an answer. Have you ever talked to Matt Bynes? He's got an answer. I want them to have our names on the tip of their tongues. That when it's the darkest of the darkest, they're going to pull in the Joseph. They're going to pull in the Cassie. They're going to pull in the Ryan and say, they've got it. If you don't call anybody, you've got to call them. That's what I want. I want us to be so well known for our ability to solve a problem to break open a financial puzzle, to bring a family back together, to change a neighborhood. I want to be so well known to that. Just like Michael Jordan and his Air Jordans, I want us to be, I'm calling them because they carry something that no one else carries. And I know that they will have the solution that we need because they do every single time. I want our reputation to be as so that people will run to us. Our phones will ring off the hook. We'll get texts from people and we'll be like, who is this? I understand that you can solve a problem. And I have a problem that the greatest minds in the world can't solve. That only the people who carry the power of the spirit within them can bring the resolution to what God has for the problem out there. Amen? Amen? Okay, I think that's it. We're the city on the hills. Our light can't be hidden. Let's pray. You guys stand. I know we all want to be that, but I think sometimes we don't think we can. But if we say yes to the Lord, then I guarantee you, you will get more opportunities to solve problems, right? So we're going to go with the yes. So, Father, we just thank you that your word shows us what is possible. Because the spirit lives in us and that all things are possible in you.
So, Lord, I just want to release an impartation that we carry such an anointing of your spirit to solve the problems, just like we read in Daniel, just like we read in, about Joseph, Lydia, that we carry such an anointing that people will have our names that don't even know us, that there will be, it's almost like a buzz instead of a buzz about Air Jordans. It's a buzz about the problem solvers that God has released on this earth. It's a buzz about how God used our expertise to break open a financial crisis, to solve a family breakdown, to bring a neighborhood to holiness. It's just like John G. Lake. He developed Seattle as the healthiest city in America because of his healing rooms. We want to be the people that bring America to the healthiest, holiest place because we rise up and declare and break down and resolve and speak into the issues that are facing us, Lord. So, God, we bow to you, Jesus, our King, and we say thank you for giving us your signet ring Thank you for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for having every spiritual uh, provision that we need, every blessing that we need in order to bring a transformation to the world. And we, we're just all in, yes. We're all in, yes, Lord. Just use us, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.